You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everyone, Adam here. Today on Rico Daily, we are actually going to be sharing an episode of Tell Me More, one of our sister podcasts in the Vox Quick Hits feed. In it, senior reporter Emily Stewart talks with Rico Shereen Gafari about what Donald Trump's internet presence has been like since he left the White House. And there won't be a new episode tomorrow due to the holiday, but we'll be back next week. Have a great weekend. Donald Trump was literally everywhere on the internet for years. He could shift the news cycle with a single tweet. But now, the former president is just sort of gone from the online world. Hours, days, and weeks go by where you just don't see or hear anything about him. He's been kicked off of the major platforms, and he's no longer in the White House. America's most online president right now feels extremely offline. He tried a blog, but now that's gone too. Shireen Ghaffari is here to discuss. She's a senior reporter at Recode. So Donald Trump was banned from Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube after the Capitol insurrection and a whole bunch of places. What's he been up to online lately? So he's still posting, but not nearly as much and not with anything like the same kind of reach that he had before. So he had a blog. It was pretty short-lived called From the Desk of Donald Trump. (laughs) And essentially, you know, it was first billed as this powerful new communication platform. It was pretty much just a blog. And he ended up shutting it down after one month. But he's still making statements that are shared on social media by his followers, just Mm -hmm. not to the same extent as before. Are those going out like via email or how do you even find them? Yeah, they're going out via email. Um, You know, he has his own kind of mailing list. And then those sort of get screenshotted or copied and pasted to Twitter and Facebook. But he can't personally post these to Twitter and Facebook because his accounts are shut down. Mm -hmm. And what happened to the blog? Because it was here and then it wasn't, right? The blog got a lot of attention when it first launched. And I think it was sort of overbilled in the press initially. Um, And they kind of walked back its existence and said, you know, the the Trump campaign said, well, this is not really supposed to be a social media app like something like Facebook. It's just something that we're using in the interim while we build out a more powerful digital media tool that will be Trump's own version of social media forthcoming. And I guess they decided just to do away with the blog altogether when it sort of had a a launch that was met with a bit of, I think, disappointment or, or even ridicule by some people saying that this is nothing like a true social media app. This is just a website with a bunch of posts. So we won't know exactly why they shut it down, but we do know that it was not exactly met with a bunch of excitement, I guess. <laughs> Yeah. And I guess, like, do we know if he's coming back? Like, is there an app in the works or, or we don't know yet? Yeah. I mean, his team has said that they are working on some kind of app. We just haven't seen it yet. 
they've been saying they've been working on this for a while, ever since talks about him getting kicked off Facebook and Twitter first started. So obviously the internet's kind of been a quieter place maybe since Donald Trump left, or at least it feels less Trump-themed. Can you talk a little bit about what life online is like post-Trump? Like, Is there data on that? Yeah, there's data to back up the fact that Trump is just less talked about online. So the internet does feel quieter because he was one of the driving politicos out there setting the narrative for global political discourse. And now he just is not there anymore. So there's real numbers showing that, you know, the reach of his post has declined. The the amount that people are actually talking about Trump has gone down by about 90% in the weeks since he's been banned. And he's been banned for several months now. And that's on Facebook and Twitter. People could still talk about Donald Trump, even though he's not posting himself, but we're just not seeing that happening. It seems like once Trump stopped posting on Facebook and Twitter, people just stopped talking about him to the same extent. And obviously, it's also the case that he's no longer president of the United States, right? That's absolutely right. And that's the biggest caveat with this story (laughs) about, oh, Trump has sort of uh, fallen into the shadows after he's been banned, is that we expect for presidents to sort of step back from the public eye when they are out of office. In fact, a lot of presidents, you know, make a concerted effort, former presidents, to do that, to let the new president sort of shine and be the center of media's focus. Trump is just less relevant now because he's not the leader of the, you know, free world. But uh, that may change if he ends up running again in a couple of years. Do we know how long Trump is sort of off of social media? I guess different platforms have different rules here, right? So he has been permanently banned from Twitter and Snap. And then he was kind of put on indefinite suspension on Facebook and YouTube. And Facebook recently actually decided that they would extend that indefinite suspension for two years and then reassess whether his account, in their view, is still a risk to public safety. And if it isn't, they'll bring him back. And if it is, you know, they will continue his suspension. And to be clear, I mean, these companies are making up their own rules. They can change them at any moment, right? Oh, completely. And, you know, Facebook has sort of set up a more formalized procedure. And they've said that they don't really want to carry the weight of this decision on their own. So they've sort of outsourced the work to this quasi-independent group they've set up called the Oversight Board, which is just 20 free speech kind of legal experts and scholars. And this Oversight Board and Facebook are sort of going back and forth on, on what kind of rules and policies they need to set up to handle not just Trump, but all kinds of world leaders when they say controversial things. But at the end of the day, Facebook you know, set up this oversight board. This is not a government or an outside body with any authority on Facebook. So Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, they could all change the rules at any time. So I guess I'm curious, and this is kind of maybe a a more conceptual question, but like, what do you think that this says about the power of social media that somebody who literally day in and day out for five years was, was setting the agenda really feels absent online, that we can go days, weeks, even months without thinking about him, at least on the internet. I think it shows the incredible power of social media, not just to give someone the right to share speech, but to actually amplify speech. 
Trump still has the right to say what he wants, of course. You know, we live in a, in a country with the First Amendment, so he can go online, he can post, he can go make his own TV network, he can talk, but he will not have that same kind of power that he had on Facebook and Twitter because these social media networks are sort of designed to kind of spread messages like the ones he was spreading, right? Things that are really controversial, that have high political stakes. He was just sort of a master of trolling online on on social media. And I think when you take that social media component away, his statements just don't spread as much in isolation. And do you think we should worry about how powerful they are, that, that Facebook can really kind of shut down the former president of the United States? I mean, I think it raises questions about these companies' kind of unparalleled power over communication, right? It just shows that it it may be sort of impossible to become uh, a relevant politician these days without being on social media. And, you know, Trump already has so many followers. He already has a network of people he can email. He can try to get back in the game and, and it would still be a lot easier than, let's say, some newcomer who isn't good at social media, right, who doesn't have a bunch of fans. Like, how will that person ever become the next president? And I think it definitely raises some questions, and I think that we just haven't ever seen a communication ecosystem like this before. And I know there are obviously kind of challengers to Facebook and Twitter, you know, upstarts that say we can compete with them and maybe take some of their audience. And one of them that I think a lot of people have probably heard of is Parler, which is kind of an app designed to have no content, moderation, right? And it's generally pretty popular on the right. Is that still around? Because I remember there was a while when it was kind of everywhere and and then it's kind of gone. Parler was just soaring in the app downloads, I think at one point is like one of the most popular downloaded apps on the social media category because it went at the same time that Facebook and YouTube and Twitter were suspending or banning Trump. Parler was saying, we're the free speech platform. We will not shut anyone down. You can say sort of whatever you want. And it was very popular with right-wing folks and conservatives. However, Trump never actually posted to Parler. Mm. There were reportedly talks that Trump was going to join Parler, but he wanted a stake in the company or some kind of deal. So long story short is Trump never joined. It was an extremely popular app with his followers, though. And leading up to the Capitol riot, there were a lot of posts about the events that took place that day that many people viewed as kind of uh, directly stoking violence. So a lot of the major communication platforms like the Apple App Store, Google's Play Store, they all shut Parler down. They said, in the wake of this violence, we don't want this kind of anything goes free speech app. This is a threat to public safety. So it was shut down from Apple for a while. But then in May, Apple and Parler reached an agreement. Parler promised to reform itself. It is now labeling and blocking speech that is hate speech or violent. Mm -hmm. And Apple has let it back on the App Store. So we'll see what happens with Parler if Trump ends up joining. But Mm -hmm. it's back as Parler Lite. (laughs) Parler Lite, right. And again, I mean, that's why Donald Trump didn't join, basically, because Donald Trump is Donald Trump. And it was always kind of thinking with his pocketbook as well, maybe. Right. He was sort of like, you know, reportedly again, but he said, you know, what's in it for me? Um, Again, his team has talked about building their own app. And again, when we talk about the power of social media platforms, you can see why for a politician like Trump, who already has tens of millions of followers, it may make more sense for him to have control over his own media network than to try to 
join something like Parler and again, be at the mercy of Parler potentially regulating him in some way if they end up being forced to do that. So, you know, the challenge really here is, can Trump build up his own social media ecosystem or does he need Facebook and Twitter? And so far, it seems to be that he sort of needs Facebook and Twitter to get the same reach he did before. And it's TBD if he will ever come back on the same way that he was in the past on these platforms. Mm -hmm. So maybe as, as powerful as Donald Trump is, at least for now, Facebook and Twitter seem to be maybe more powerful. That's right. And I mean, whether you agree or disagree with their decisions to ban Trump, I think that it is kind of a real proof point that these companies are the public square online and that without them, you are never going to have the same kind of access to people's attention that you would if you're just on your own publishing stuff out in the ether of the World Wide Web, right? These companies control how we spend our free time. We are on them 24-7. Well, thanks so much for being here, Shireen, and for talking about this. Yeah, thanks so much. Shireen Ghaffari is a senior reporter at Recode, and you can find her on Twitter at Shireen Ghaffari. I am Emily Stewart, and this is Tell Me More. Our producer is Sophie Lalonde. You can find more stories from Vox in the Vox Quick Hits feed wherever you get your podcasts. 